Welcome to Press Any Key Podcast. Uh, you've probably noticed that I am not Michael Schluger, your regular host, because this is a very special episode. We are joined today by some lovely and talented individuals from the indie game development uh, landscape, and we're going to talk to them about their... I think, I think talented's a little, little overreaching. <laughs> Exceptionally gifted is the preferred I, language. Yeah. Note taken. <laughs> I, will, I will take that into consideration. Just trying to be generous, <laughs> as usual. But uh, uh, Mike, you actually are here joining me today. Thanks for being here with me. How are you today? I am doing quite well, sir. You can't get rid of me that easily. Uh, no, as much as I try. This, this, is, this is hard. Um, Keep coming but, back. <laughs> can't get rid of you. Well, we do have, like I said, some very special guests here today. I'd like to introduce Cody and Bria. They are representing Multivarious Games, a studio based in Columbus, Ohio. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. How are hold you? on, hold on. We got to do this properly. So Cody here is the producer and lead game designer, right? And Bria yeah. is our narrative designer and community manager. So of course they we, are. Gotta, we gotta set the stage properly here. Yeah, they're they're yeah, important yeah, yeah. people. You gotta make sure to set up expectations. It's pretty fancy. Right, these aren't interns here. These are <laughs> We worked like five minutes on these goddamn titles. <laughs> Maybe less. I, I apologize. You're very important people, more important than me. I don't have a title. I'm just some dude on a I'm just some dude on the internet with a microphone. And you guys are making My games over here. Dudes and or cats with microphones on the internet. Yeah. That, that, otherwise, that's the thing on the internet. No one knows if you're a cat or not. That's true. That's true. I'm not even wearing pants. <laughs> God, I wish he were. <laughs> All right. Let sounds, us. Like, sounds like a workplace issue happening right now. That's right. Yeah. But so, we're, we're not here to talk about pants. Yeah, that's right. We, we, I wish we were talking about pants tonight. It's a fascinating but we aren't. topic, but what are we really here to discuss, Connor? Well, we are here to discuss a new game uh, coming down the pike out of Multivarious Studios, uh, a little title called No Mercy. And uh, I understand it's slated to come out. It has a March release. Is that correct, guys? <laughs> or, or is that premature? It was correct. It's just correct at a time. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, so as as every uh, indie Kickstarter game goes, uh, we we definitely have overshot our scope. So overall, um, we're 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 creating a much uh, better experience in the long run. But because of that, it's going to take us a little bit longer to do. So uh, we're staying 2018 is our goal. Okay, sure. So sometime this year. So it's something to definitely okay. keep an eye out on. Which is, yes. which is great. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Kickstarter. Like, I think we all know how deeply ingrained crowdfunding is to how games are made by indie studios these days. Like, just seems like that's kind of part of the uh, sort of part of the beast, part of the nature of the business right now. Um, what was your, I guess, what was your uh, experience with crowdfunding, uh, a Kickstarter, and I think you were also involved with Steam Greenlight on this project as well. What was what was all that? like for you guys just juggling all that may may god rest steam green light soul <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> biggest word that comes to mind is anxiety um, <laughs> but that could be applied to everyday life oh, for sure yeah um, for sure i'll let cody kind of talk about green light but as far as the kickstarter goes i kind of did most of it i yeah, think you totally i mean the, the kickstarter was totally on you so yeah you were the one who helped make it successful i am just gonna it, uh, i'm just gonna like butt in for just a moment here before we talk about the kickstarter i want to take a second to talk about no mercy because we haven't actually said we said it's a game <laughs> but we haven't said much else about it 
So, but what needs to be said, really? That's, yeah, it's a game. It's a game. Speaks for itself, Mike. It's a thing. Uh, but tell us a little bit more about No Mercy, and then we can talk about the Kickstarter. I think, I, I got, I think our listeners might be interested in that. I got part. a little ahead of myself. I, you're, you're right. I got a little ahead of myself. But No, no Mercy is a very interesting game. It's got that kind of... Um, top-down isometric sort of presentation of like classic uh beat-em-up games uh but it's really artistically driven really character driven is that yeah it's go into the what was the soul of no mercy what's the elevator pitch from you guys yeah so uh no mercy is a a side-scrolling brawler so in the vein of castle crash turtles and times the simpsons arcade Mm -hmm. but uh we kind of wanted to take the genre a step further so we're uh kind of uh injecting things that we like from other games into this so um, we're taking kind of, you know, the character design philosophies of Smash Bros, where you have a bunch of different characters that all uh, use the same control sets but play totally differently. Uh, we're looking at creating kind of an open... I, I don't want to say open world. We're, we're creating kind of a Metroidvania-style level design system where uh, you're kind of fighting your way through an evolving world around you. And then uh, what I, I think Bria thinks is the most interesting <laughs> is uh, we're trying to inject uh, more of a narrative into the game. So instead of like, oh, no, April O'Neil got kidnapped. <laughs> or no, fight a bunch of stuff for no discernible reason. Violence is fun. Eat pizza, brah. <laughs> now it Cowabunga. is narrative-driven violence. Yeah. So Hooray. we have, uh, we're going to have six different characters, all with kind of different motivations and why they're kind of doing what they're doing and how they ended up together. And uh, those narratives will actually, um, those motivations will actually come at a clash in various points in the game where, um, you know, you'll have one character wanting to do something and another character wanting to do something completely different. And then you as a player make the choice of, okay, where do we go? And then you have to live with those kind of repercussions for the rest of the game. That's interesting. That's not the kind of, you don't, you don't think story when you think uh, brawler, right? You don't think like. Not normally. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Um, yeah, it's it's been a bit of a challenge, honestly, trying to figure out how to make sure that the integrity of the classic brawler experience is maintained while also making sure that like the characters get a chance to have a conversation without cutscenes that the player can't skip and maybe doesn't want to look at it all. So that's that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what I was about to just ask you is are you doing cutscenes or is this sort of dialogue where they're bantering back and forth as you're kicking ass? It's uh, it's going to be a blend. We yeah. have sort of not narrative heavy dialogue for when they're actually fighting. A few cutscenes maybe, but only for the super integral parts. And then honestly, a lot of the ways that we're trying to tell the story is through how the levels are played and how the levels are structured. So um, for instance, if a character has a deep dark secret that you need to discover instead of having that character reveal it you will play through a level that has themes of that secret yeah. and aspects of the forest who is kind of a character contributing to how the level is played and maybe the way that you beat the level helps reveal something about the character that contributes to the plot which is challenging but hopefully very cool (laughs) yeah and then um we're also looking at kind of to help with this because um as Bria kind of mentioned earlier uh it's it's hard to have a brawler where you're constantly fighting and then throwing story uh we kind of learn that the hard way so Hmm. um we're also creating we're using a design philosophy of uh kind of quiet spaces 
where um, you could be in this fight for quite a while or get done with a boss battle and then uh, kind of take the uncharted approach where, you know, there's these really awesome, crazy uh, action scenes where you're shooting out windows and climbing up, you know, exploding trains. Right. Uh, but then there's the kind of slow down, like, okay, cool, here, let's solve this puzzle. Let's, you know, let's do this uh, relic puzzle or whatever so that um, our characters can kind of have a conversation and you're not as invested in kind of what's going on in the gameplay. You can stop, stop and take a breath and listen to the story. I see. So, yeah, uh, it sounds like you're dealing with some really heavy world building, really weaving the story elements into what the player does so that they're more invested in learning about who they're playing as in a way. Sounds really cool. That's yeah. the dream. That's the hope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Are, are we talking? I'm sorry. Sorry, Mike. Are we, are we talking multiple playthroughs here? Like to find out everything oh, yeah. the game has yeah. to offer? Absolutely. Okay, there cool. are a ton of different endings that you can get as well. And Cody mentioned this. There are a bunch of sort of player choices that you will make throughout the game. Some will be very clearly like, this is an important choice. And some maybe won't be as an important. And all of those choices will pretty much influence how the game ends, how the other characters sort of interact with you and what kind of ending you get and what you learn. Yeah. So our, our goal is to create a game that has like a three to five hour runtime, but overall, uh, you know, 15 to 20 hours of total gameplay from uh, kind of taking the philosophy of kind of replaying and kind of using the meta knowledge of your, your previous playthroughs to go in and really um, uh, kind of min max your, your experience almost to go, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, I, I chose, I chose to follow uh, Elliot instead of Ray. I wonder what would have happened if I followed Ray mm-hmm. or like, you know, I knew that, you know, maybe listening to Elliot wasn't the best idea at this moment. And so, so, you know, you're, you're going through and it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I really wonder how that could happen. So the idea is that uh, shorter playthroughs, but with a lot of replayability so that we could really uh, kind of hit home this idea that like your actions have responsibilities and sometimes those responsibilities are going to fucking suck. But, uh, you know, it's a short enough playthrough that, um, you know, even if you get like the worst ending or whatever, like, you know, you probably did it in one session. You can sit down tomorrow and do it again. Gotcha. Interesting. So let me ask that. Uh, well, there's really an echo there. Oh, no. It's weird. Um, uh, is it from me? It might be from you, yeah. It looks like it is here. Let's. Let's try this guy right there. Okay. I think it's... That's good. That's better. That's better. All right. Three, two, one. So let me ask you guys this. Um, You know, in the normal brawler, when your character dies or whatever, you can pick a different character, but it doesn't sound like that's the case here. It sounds like you're sticking to uh, one character for the three to five hour playthrough. Am I hearing that correctly? Uh, no, so actually, so we have six different uh, playable characters that you'll be swapping through throughout the game. So um, it's not it's it's not like a permadeath style thing where like if you uh, kind of lose all your health, you die. And if you, you die in the game, you die in real life. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely wow. not one of those. Um, there'll be uh, various areas where you can swap out your characters in your party. Um, but uh, we're kind of using uh, this idea of um, almost constant multiplayer. So... Um, as you see in our demo, uh, at any given time, even if you're playing single player, there's two players on the screen. 
And so uh, that allows our characters to kind of interact in different and interesting ways and then allows the players to really figure out what are these really cool interactions between the characters. Uh, And so we have a bunch of different areas where, um, you know, maybe you're required to take in, you know, uh, our slower character, Orion, because he has a very important part of the story or one of his skills is really useful in this area. Um, so, you know, you'll might have to go back and find Orion and, uh, get him into the game. So it's, it's definitely not like a, you choose one character and then you're that character the whole game. Uh, you're, you'll be constantly switching characters throughout the playthrough. Sounds like, yeah, sounds like teamwork is pretty important, pretty integral to the entire experience where, yeah, Yeah, that's the whole kind of the theme of the game (laughs) in a lot of ways. Gotcha. It's all about friendship. (laughs) Friendship and, you know, cracking skulls together and. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, is there any other type of friendship? Eldritch horror, friendship, and environmentalism. <laughs> Save the forest. It's got, it's got everything. Like, there's something for everybody here. There really is. <laughs> now, I, awesome. I've I've uh, you know looked at the trailers, and uh, you've got two characters featured very prominently there. You've got like the ghost girl, right? And, Ray, uh, yeah, her name's Ray. 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 Yeah. Get and, it right, Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. And then you've got the other character who has a hook and he's like dark and mysterious. And uh, he's the Sasuke of video games. The Sasuke, yes. yes. You've got to have a Sasuke in there. Um, and so. Yeah, his, his name's Elliot. Okay. Elliot. So that's Elliot. Tell us about the other four characters. Yeah, so um, so far we've been featuring uh, Ray and Elliot because for our vertical slice, which is what anybody can download now um, at multivarious.com slash no mercy. Those are kind of the two characters that we kind of really wanted to build the foundation off of for the starting. They also start the story of the game pretty much. You start with Elliot and Ray. um, But beyond that, you meet Belle, who is a charming shrine keeper. She doesn't really take well to magic, but she does love to fight and has a huge axe. Nice. Um, We have Orion, who is sort of the knight slash tank of the team. Um, He is deaf and mute, and he communicates through sign language, which was an interesting part of uh, us trying to develop the game and he's super sparkly and beautiful and and sarcastic. And (laughs) and the cool thing about Orion and actually uh, Elliot, if you see in his, he actually um, has a golem arm that he uh, kind of part of the story with him is just kind of him working through uh, using this kind of new thing. So with Orion and Elliot, we're actually working with an awesome charity called the able gamers Uh, who uh, their kind of core mantra is about bringing accessibility to video games. So they help, uh, you know, kids in children's hospitals get, um, you know, one handed controllers for their Xboxes or setups for people who like have paralysis from the neck down uh, to still be able to play games. And they're helping us connect us with the community so that we can kind of make sure that we properly represent the, uh, the stories that we're telling. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, That's really nice. Huh. We we do our best. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And then, okay, who are we missing? We're missing Kevin, who is my favorite. Um, Kevin is kind of a shit post of a man. <laughs> he is our bird character. He has the wings. Um, he and the has a lot of chaotic magic within him and a really fun scythe. And he uh, was featured in our Kickstarter trailer. We're kind of running this narrative through the game that Kevin is a bit fourth wall breaky. He's kind of aware that he's in a game, which is an interesting aspect of the story's narrative. 
Um, we won't go too much into that because of spoilers. I'm just, I'm letting the narrative person talk now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then our final character in the game is uh, Elowen, who oh, is yeah. uh, kind of like a, a druid character, uh, like a protector of the forest who uh, you meet in the game. She's very angry and full of bears. And pretty much our concept artist's uh, OC. Yeah, she's a self-insert OC. (laughs) Oh, you got to have a little bit of that. You got to put yourself into your your art, I think. I find it important. It's very her. (laughs) Absolutely. Sounds like an extremely colorful cast, you know, in many, in more ways than one. Yeah. I I was was really admiring the art direction that you guys went in with this. It has kind of a uh, very hand-drawn feel to it. Is it, was that something you strove for here? Just like trying to make every character feel unique and kind of have their own visual identity to them and all that? Yeah, so our uh, creative director um, of the game, uh, who kind of, this all kind of started. Um, so we have a, uh, our, our concept artist is uh, goes by Ellen Tori online and does Twitch streaming and stuff. And uh, one day she was just kind of drawing a few different characters of just ideas. She kind of drew... Um, kind of the whole story and we talk about this in our Kickstarter video a little bit but it all kind of started with um, she made a joke about killing somebody with her bare hands so she drew a picture of herself with bare hands and right. like wait a minute this is kind of amazing um, that's Elowen <laughs> and that became Elowen so uh, we kind of had this idea of like you know oh hey we're just going to create a bunch of characters based off of puns uh, and then Katie has a very like specific art style that she kind of was moving towards with the game and then as we got further in development and what you can see with our vertical slice that we have out now is um, we really wanted to try to nail the aesthetic of you're almost like playing a painting. So yeah, uh, we have a lot of hand-drawn assets. So actually all of the kind of environmental assets and background assets are completely hand-drawn by Katie. And then uh, in order to kind of make sure that Katie's hand doesn't fall off from drawing too much and also uh, allow us for a pretty unique art style, we actually 3D model out all of our characters and our enemies and um, then we kind of put on a few different tune shaders and export them out as sprite sheets. So um, even though the game is a 2D game, we're using 3D models to create our 2D sprites to help them kind of pop out a little bit more and really give you that feel that you're playing this like hand-drawn 2D game. Wow. Nice. Yeah, that's, 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 really, that's really interesting. That, that is how it came out to me, though, too, in the demo. is just like a really poppy, eye-catching presentation. And it's really cool to hear what goes into that because I had no idea that that's what you have to go through to kind of build that sort of thing. So that's really cool. Now, I, I think uh, there's an important unanswered question here, and that is where is the title coming from? Uh, no Mercy, uh, what, what is that referring to? Or is that like too much of a giveaway? No, it's a, I think we started with No Mercy as just the title because the original concept of the game didn't really have any of the story uh, or any of that. It was pretty much just characters beating each other down um, in fun, new, interesting styles the way that, like, Smash plays. Um, so that kind of is kept as a remnant as the soul of the game, like Show No Mercy. We kind of work it into the themes of the game a bit. Um, but the the full title now that we've kind of come up with with more narrative development is No Mercy, Forlorn Hope, uh, which is kind of a pun because a forlorn hope is, I think, the last group of soldiers sent in on a perceived suicide mission in battle. Um, oh, nice. If you, if you type forlorn hope, we're the first thing to come up. Amazing. Um, so yeah, Sweet. if you, if you uh, Google forlorn hope right now, uh, you'll see it is a, um, play along. A band of, 
a band of soldiers or other combatants chosen to take the leading part in a military operation uh, where the risk of casualties is high. So bad times are about to come, but these soldiers are going in any way to do it. Um, but it's a pun because one of our characters name is Lorne um, and he and Elliot are close and he goes missing in the beginning of the game. And that's sort of the inciting action of we have to save Lorne and get him back from this darkness that's taking over the forest. So gotcha. a little bit about the title there. <laughs> Look at that. That's cool. So I'm guessing multivarious as a workplace is a, uh, you know, somewhere where a lot of puns fly around at all times. Is that <laughs> fair, to, fair to assume? It's dangerous <laughs> to be well, here. When, when, when Bria first started out as an intern, <laughs> uh, we actually assigned her for one of our other games that we didn't actually release uh, to just sit down and write a bunch of dad jokes. Oh, sorry, <laughs> dad jokes. And so uh, she literally, probably for like two weeks, just sat around and wrote a bunch of really awesome dad jokes uh, for a game that uh, kind of spun from a from a game jam, but then we kind of uh, sacked it for a couple other ideas. That's that's amazing. That's, yeah, that's, 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 right that's cool. Very, very nice. Very cool. So I think now is an appropriate time to talk about that Kickstarter. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to pull, we're going to pull a Christopher Nolan here and bring back a plot thread. That's oh, about, right. about crowdfunding. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. We, you, you actually mentioned Cody about how, you know, we were talking about the release date and as this, as indie, indie game development so often is, um, you know, new goals come up, you know, things get complicated, uh, goals get pushed back. Can you tell me a little bit more about kind of the original vision of No Mercy uh, as compared to how it, how it turned out now and how that affected the release schedule? And then we can kind of dovetail off into crowdfunding from there. Yeah, totally. So um, No Mercy, when we went to crowdfund it, we knew it was a game that we all kind of wanted to get behind. Um, at the time of our crowdfunding, it had been in development for probably like nine months, but we really only like really went hard, like nose to the grindstone for about three months before we did our Kickstarter um, to kind of prep it with a vertical slice and stuff. And at the time, we had a really kind of interesting uh, release model that we wanted to hit, which I think is still on our Kickstarter. Yeah. But our original goal was uh, we have... So as most uh, as most stories, we have a three-act structure in the game. And so we were almost going to try to go like the... Um, the games. Telltale Games way of kind of releasing it in the three different acts. And okay. so uh, we were going to kind of release the first act. Uh, that was our original goal for this March deadline was to reach the first act. And oh, our, our lights turned off. Sorry. <laughs> um, we wanted to uh, hit the hit the first act. And then we are going to uh, kind of be working on two and three and release those at later dates. Um, and we were looking at using things like Steam Early Access to kind of help us with this and funding the game. Uh, and what we ended up deciding as a group and what pushed the game back is that um, after the Kickstarter, uh, we kind of really got energized. And during the Kickstarter, we were working on a lot of really cool ideas and a lot of cool things. And so we sat down as a group and uh, kind of reevaluated where things were and kept working on it for a little bit. Um, and we decided that it'd be better for our game as a whole and as an experience for the player. As we've mentioned before, we're a very like, narrative-driven game to just sure. uh, delay it back release the whole thing as a complete product, not try to go through early access or anything like that, and really uh, make sure that when we release the package, it's a package that we can stand behind and be really happy about. And so, I mean, one of my favorite um, 
quotes of all time is a uh, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is bad forever. And so Absolutely. We, that's Miyamoto, very, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, Miyamoto. Miyamoto. Okay. that's right. Um, and so we kind of took that philosophy with this game. And, um, you know, here at Multivarious, so we are um, kind of a crazy company here. Um, there's not much of a – there's a huge game development scene here in Columbus, and we have a lot of really awesome hobbyist developers and a few really awesome kind of solo and uh, industry uh, developers here. But we don't really have that big of an industry here where, like, you know, people actually look at Columbus and go, hey, video games are made here, you know. They look at places like Seattle or California or even Austin uh, recently. And so uh, one of the things that Multivarious is doing is we're really trying to create this kind of hub for uh, the Midwest for game development. And so a lot of our money actually comes from doing uh, like client work to keep the lights on and from doing uh, kind of big industry events here. So we host a big expo called GDEX every year. Um, and so between all of that, having to pick up on client work, which is always a plus because it gives us extra money to work on the game, uh, and then being completely kind of self-funded outside of that, um, we just knew that in order to provide the best products um, and not trying to kind of rush the game out so that we can get paid and not go out of business. Uh, we decided to kind of uh, sit back, put a priority on kind of what work we can get done to get some money in. And then when we have extra downtime, uh, we can really be kind of focusing on the game and getting it done. So we typically have uh, at any given time, we have two to three people working on the game. And then uh, right now we're actually in a really awesome spot where we have a programmer who isn't working on client work stuff. So uh, we've been moving the game along really well recently so yeah that's my long-winded answer of being like in order to make a quality (laughs) game and not go broke or starving uh you know sometimes you have to back it up but we're we're Mm -hmm. proud of where the game's kind of heading to and we really can't wait to you know share more of it that's great to hear i mean you really have to give uh projects like these the room that they need to grow for sure yeah and uh it, it looks like it's really shaping up you know it's going where you need it to go so that's great. Um, I, I'm really happy to see that. Um, actually, I don't know how recent this Kickstarter was, but I, I saw that it was uh, fully funded to its goal of about thirty thousand dollars. Is that correct? Yeah. So we had a goal of thirty, and we hit thirty-six. Yep. That's great. That's. I mean, that's 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 heartening to see because I know how hit and miss these things can be when you go and bring your passion to the uh, the great the outside world and sort of see what people are willing to help you out with. So yeah. that must have been nice to see. <laughs> it was a huge relief once we hit the funding goal. Uh, mm-hmm. We all cheered and ran around and shed the immense weight from our shoulders that, okay, we will at least be getting some money yeah. for the past few months of work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, and Bria did an amazing job. At, um, so we had a community built in. As we mentioned earlier, we have our concept artist is a Twitch streamer and does creative streams. Mm-hmm. So we had a little bit of a built-in audience with her, and Bria did an amazing job of not only bringing new people into that community, but uh, really getting that community excited for the Kickstarter and the game in general. So I think it was in the first two days, we hit like $18,000 uh, for, for our funding. <laughs> nice. And that was from uh, kind of Bria and the rest of the team really planning out, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. We're doing this you know, a month in advance, two weeks in advance, a week in advance. Uh, and really getting a community kind of banded together to really help support us. And then that community helped prop us up to the to the kind of world at large so that we could be seen by more people, which was awesome. Super Excellent. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, speaking of that broader community that you've been able to build, which, you know, is a great asset to have, um, 
you know, putting that putting that vertical slice out there, having this demo out there, what has been the reaction from uh, maybe people who you wouldn't normally hear from? Like, I know you've got the community in Columbus and all that, but are you getting any feedback from just people you've never met before, like who've tried the demo? Like, what's what's that reaction been so far? Yeah, it's uh, it's been really really cool and really heartening. Um, I run a lot of our social media for No Mercy. And um, in part because of the audience we built from the Kickstarter, we've had a lot of um, like high school to early college women get really interested in the game, probably because our characters are all pretty hot um, and they're, <laughs> they're here for shipping content. They're pretty but <laughs> There have been people that have already like cosplayed some of our characters and are already doing fan art before the game is out. And that's been absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's <laughs> always a we, really good sign. Yeah. yeah, we showcased the game at Indie PopCon last year in Indianapolis, and we actually ran into two people cosplaying our characters, which was fucking sweet. Unreal. <laughs> That's, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine the feeling that gives you just knowing that you know, your, your work has inspired that kind of uh, expression. Yeah. It's really cool. It's intoxicating Fandom. power. Yeah. <laughs> we have so much control. We will make all cry. <laughs> so actually, I, I did want to ask a quick gameplay question that I wanted to bring up. Obviously, you guys made a huge focus on co-op, but is it couch co-op or can I play with my buddy Connor even though he's not sitting next to me? Oh, you know it, dog. It's both. So uh, awesome. when we when we nice. originally developed the game, uh, we really wanted this to kind of again be that revitalization of couch co-op. I mean, I grew up I grew up with a Sega Genesis, so you know, Streets of Rage and Golden Axe were like my jam. Hell uh, yes, bro. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, really, kind of bringing back that idea of couch co-op, and then not losing the fact of like, hey, couch co-op is great and awesome, but we live in an online connected world, so. Um, the game will have online multiplayer, which is something that we actually um, was part of our original Kickstarter. That was actually a stretch goal. And again, we sat down as a team and decided, hey, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> this needs to be in here. This needs to be like just the way how the game is and how it's so cooperative. Uh, the, by far, I'd say the best way to play it is still sitting on a couch, you know, kind of playing it um on like steam big picture mode or, um, you know, that way you can cry with your friends. Yeah, cry with your friends. Um, exactly. But, you know, yeah, also also making sure that we have that online component so that people can still, you know, play with your friends back home or across the other side of the world. That's Very great. Cool. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for bringing Couch Co-op back or helping to at least uh, from the bottom of my heart. And <laughs> We're doing our duty. That, doing God's work. <laughs> Anyway, that is about all the time we have with you guys. Unfortunately, I'd, I'd love to keep going with this, but uh, I think I think we got a great idea of No Mercy and you know what the game's all about and what Multivarious is all about. What you guys are doing over there. So, I want to thank you both for taking the time to join us tonight. This has been great. But yeah. before um, we go, let's hear where yeah. you can grab that demo one more time. Yeah, man. If you go to multivarious.com/slash/no-mercy, not only can you download our demo. But you can go onto our backer kit where you can pre-order the game. Uh, we have a cool digital art book for those of you who really like the art, as well as we'll be making a digital version of our soundtrack available. So you can go into, uh, we use a backer kit store to do all of our pre-orders. So, And you can follow us at NoMercyFLH on Twitter. Excellent. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, yeah thank you. you. It's Cody, been awesome. It's been a pleasure. Um, from Press Any Key Podcast, this is Connor Howard signing off. Press a lot of keys for us out there. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> we all love you. No one will love you like we do. But That's true. Bye, no mercy. Bye, no mercy.
This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!